Flyers Daily with Jason Mertides. All right, here we go. It's brand new Flyers Daily for the 12th of November as the Flyers skate off in L.A. with a probably their best road game of the year, a 4-2 win against the Los Angeles Kings. They avenged that 5-0 loss a week ago. Flyers Daily presented by Ticketmaster. Make more memories live. And uh, Flyers with the four goals and plenty of assists in this game. Boy, one, two, three, four, five, six assists in the game, which means a serious Flyers and Penn Medicine donation for every Flyers assist this season. Penn Medicine and the Flyers donating 30 pounds of food to local communities in need. Game one of the Revenge Tour, three-game Revenge Tour, was started last night against Anaheim. They get the 6-3 win because Anaheim came into Wells Fargo, beat them 7-4. Tonight, they get the win over the Los Angeles Kings, 4-2. Last Saturday, the Kings came into Philadelphia and beat the Flyers 5-0. And coming up Wednesday to wrap up the revenge tour in Carolina, Flyers will look to avenge a 3-2 loss against Carolina, where they really stood in there in that third period, went toe-to-toe with one of the top teams in the NHL. Freddie Anderson just made one more save than Carter Hart in that game, and that'll be game three of the revenge tour. But games one and two, in L.A. and Anaheim are in the bag. Very good road performance from the Flyers in this game. It wasn't a game where, you know, they had more top-end or high-danger scoring chances or they, you know, won the possession battle in the game. Sometimes, you know, in hockey, like the game doesn't dictate that. The game dictates making plays at opportune times, and the other part is getting saves when you need them. And even though Cal Peterson lets in two goals in this game, 37 shots for the Los Angeles Kings, I thought Cal Peterson was excellent in the game. Excellent. He was great in the first period, in particular the first 10 minutes, where the Kings had eight of their nine shots. He was good in the second period, making tons of saves. I think they had 20 shots in the second period to the Los Angeles Kings. And Cal Peterson was just making every save he was supposed to and a few he probably shouldn't have. That's a great sign. And then in the third, Flyers gave him the uh, the run support, if you will, with the four goals, and they come away with a win. Flyers get the four goals in just 26 shots in the game. They get out shot 36, 37-26 in the hockey game. And there's always a stat you can tell uh, that who had possession of the puck more. The team with a higher number of hits, this is probably 98.8% of the time in the NHL. The team with more hits, significantly more hits, probably didn't have the puck as much as the opposition. Flyers out hit L.A. 24-13, which tells you the Kings probably had possession numbers around 58% in the game. That's just the way it is. Power play, they, they didn't get anything on the power play. They had some good power plays, maybe provided some energy, maybe helped maintain some momentum. But all in all, uh, the Flyers, just a good, good, diligent, detailed road game, and they get the 4-2 win. They opened the scoring at 14-59 of the first period, and I know this coaching staff loves when you can start a play in the D zone, a good defensive zone play, and get right back up on offense. And that's exactly what happens. Sean Walker blocks a shot, a king shot in the flyer zone, gets his head up right away, and spots Owen Tippett streaking up the middle of the ice. He delivers a perfect pass to him. He's kind of got Travis connecting, trying to join as well. TK has got the afterburners on, trying to become an option there. Or if there's a rebound, he's going to grab it. But Tippett goes in on the breakaway. Some pressure, some back pressure on that breakaway opportunity from Tippett. But he ends up getting it through Cam Talbot. And it puts the Flyers up one nothing. 
Uh, of course, Owen Tippett had two goals against the Anaheim Ducks. He gets another one here, and Sean Walker picks up the assist against his former team. Flyers go up one nothing. That's how we'd end the first period. Go to the second period. Morgan Frost. He's been scratched so many times this season. I think seven games. He gets in the night behind the net, just wheeling behind. There's a lot of traffic. Cam Talbot totally overcommits to his blocker side, his right side. And Frost throws it in front, ends up in the back of the net, ping, pings off it. He called bank twice, double bank, and it goes in. That gets his first goal of the season, takes the pressure off him. Tippett with the assist along with Sean Walker. So Tippett, a goal and an assist. Sean Walker, two assists. Morgan Frost is first of the game, but at 16-30, Frost gets another one. He's right in front of the Talbot, right in front of the net, and he deflects a goal by him uh, on a Nick Sealer shot, and that puts the Flyers up 3-0. Travis Konechny picks up an assist there with Sealer as well. Then Carl Grundstrom picks up the uh, Kings goal to make it 3-1 at 18.06. Really good shot through the legs of Sean Walker. Walker seemed like he was involved in absolutely everything in this game. But but Grundstrom shoots it through the legs. Uh, It's a hard one for Peterson to pick up and squeezes through the blocker and his body. And that makes it a 3-1 game. So we head to the third period. You knew you were going to get a push from the Los Angeles Kings, but at 7.04, the Flyers extend their lead when Cam Atkinson picks up one. Sean Couturier picks up an assist, his seventh assist of the season. Atkinson's eighth goal of the season, second in the Flyers in goal scoring. And the Flyers go up 4-1. 9.50, Adrian Kempe uh, gets gets the Kings back within two. He picks up his seventh, but Flyers clamp down. Don't give up anything else in the game. Don't make it too interesting. 4-2 win, and you'll take it. Now, Sean Couturier in this game, really interesting because... Uh, you know, he missed uh, that game. He was uh, scratched uh, a couple of games back. And I think they're being cautious with Sean Couturier for sure. Uh, but Couturier in this game, I thought that the Kings were incredibly physical against him. Lots of hits. He absorbed a lot of real big hit going down the right wall in the second period against Los Angeles Kings. All of a sudden done in the game, Couturier played 16-53, 340 on the power play, 22 seconds on the PK. Um, you see that his minutes aren't as pronounced in the upwards of 20, 21 minutes um, like they were earlier. So I think they're they're doing a little bit of maintenance there. They're spreading the minutes a little bit more. You, look, you had to spread the minutes in this game anyway because you played last night. So you have to spread the minutes around a little bit uh, in a back-to-back situation. Uh, but Chunk Turia, I think they're just being a little bit more careful with how much they put on his plate. Handled it in the beginning of the year, um, but... You don't want the player to wear down and have to build up from wearing down. You'd rather just put a little maintenance plan in place and not let them get all the way worn down. Just be cognizant of it. I think that's what we're seeing here. Once again, though, leading the Flyers in minutes in the game, Travis Sanheim, he's just been an absolute animal this season. 32 shifts in the game, 26-46 of ice time, and you'll take it. Uh, But to me, the start of the game, Frost gets two. Tip it with a, another goal, and he seems to be heating up. But to me, the, the star of this game is Cal Peterson. He's the reason why the Flyers skate off with the win. Uh, he, he's played 102 NHL games, that's his, or 103 now. That's his first Flyers win. Didn't fare well against his former team in the first one, giving up five. Didn't get any run support in that game. Of course, he spent a number of years in the Kings organization uh, playing 101 games there. Uh, so he's a guy that uh, didn't even know he was going to play. Carter Hart was slated to play in the game. Uh, but Cal Peterson got the tap when Hart's still not feeling great. Uh, they decided to hold him out of this one. So Sam Harrison was the backup. Cal Peterson gets in. Uh, I'm at- All right, let's get into a little detail on a couple of the players in this game. Um, obviously, Morgan Frost is a guy that we need to talk about. Uh, Morgan Frost, 
out of the lineup so much this season. And, you know, for him to kind of stay in there mentally, you never want to start a season like that. Like, that's a tough way to start a season after you led the team in scoring over the final basically two-thirds of the year last year. You sign a new contract. You want to come in. You want to get off to a good start. You want to build on your NHL reputation. You want to build on your NHL game. And you you find yourself in the press box so many of those games. But when you look at Morgan Frost, the way he handled it, he's played in seven games. He gets the two goals in that game uh, against the Kings last night. And, boy, that can just be such a confidence builder for him going forward. Getting on the score sheet in multiples and being a big part of what I thought was a really good road win. So really good performance from Morgan Frost. And I think that another one of the keys, you have to look who he plays with. Because, you know, he plays in this game with Tippett and Konechny. And those are players that can read off his game. And that's a big thing. Reading off his game is a big thing because he's a an offensive and, and creative playmaker. So you need to have players that can read off of him. Look, we've heard you know, about Sidney Crosby for years, that there were some guys that could just play with him, whether that was, you know, Jake Gensel or you look at Chris Kunitz for years. I mean, Chris Kunitz made an Olympic team because he knew how to play with Crosby. He wasn't one of the best players that they could have picked on Team Canada, but he knew how to play with Crosby. He knew how to read the game off him. And I think that Frost, I'm not comparing Frost to Sidney Crosby, but what I'm saying is that he's got to have players around him that can read off of the creativity because he's not going to, it's not going to be cookie cutter with him. It, it was that way a lot of times with Claude Drew and Jake Voracek too. It wasn't cookie cutter. You had to be ready to, t- to put yourself in position to receive pucks when with some other players you wouldn't be, straight line players more predictable players. He's got an unpredictability that comes with his creativity. That's a good thing. All right, let's talk about Owen Tippett. He gets the uh, breakaway goal, gets right up the ice, and you can see again with Owen Tippett, just like last year, that when he's confident, he just the way he carries himself on the ice, his decision-making on the ice, the way he moves everything, when he's confident, you can. It is a, it's like a flashing neon sign, and you can see the confidence coming back right now, in Owen Tippett. He's. I think, man, when he's playing like that, he's such a powerful, dynamic player. I mean, the move on Friday's game against Anaheim was just absolutely ridiculous. I mean, that's like a McDavid-esque type move where you pass it to yourself around a guy, then you win. You just beat the goalie. I mean, that was a explosive move. And again, we're, and the other part is his skating. You know, he gets in that break. I mean, over the time he's been here, from the minute he was traded for from Florida with the, in the Drew deal, you saw the skating. Like, he gets a lot of chances where he gets beyond the opposition defense and gets breakaways or gets good rush opportunities because he's such a good skater. I mean, unbelievable skater. And when he's using that, using the power, and he gets a little confidence in his goal scoring. Boy, he's a player that can really fill it up, and he is playing well right now. Another good goal for him, good finish on the breakaway. You know, we look at Tippett, and we look at that shooting percentage, and he comes into the game 
against the Kings last night with an 8.7 shooting percentage. A lot of shots. Misses the net from time to time. I mean, he's going into the game last night. He took 46 shots. Leads the Flyers. Tied with Konechny. So he's a guy that they need to get going, and he looks like he is getting going. Really good couple of games for Owen Tippett. Really strong. We talked about Cal Peterson and just what he brings to the team. But the other guy I got to mention, you know, multi-point performance again from Sean Walker. Sean Walker, what did we know about Sean Walker when that trade went down? He comes to Philadelphia. Sean Walker in the game against his former team plays 22 minutes and 53 seconds of ice time, 428 on the power play. I guarantee he didn't play a lick of power play last year. Minute shorthanded. He's got two assists in the game. He's a plus three. Two block shots. I mean, he was involved all night. A couple of hits. Not a big guy. But he's a guy, boy, he has come in and really, really been a rock-solid player. Good second-pair right-side guy. He took a kind of twisting, turning kind of route to the NHL. He's 28 years of age now. From Ontario. He's 5'11", 191 pounds. Played a couple years in the OJHL for the New Market Hurricanes. Went and played collegiately at Bowling Green for four years. Had some decent numbers there as a defenseman. His last year there, senior year, 41 games, 10 goals, 14 assists, 24 points. Had a 23-point season uh, the one prior. Then he played a couple of years in the uh, AHL. Well, one a year and change. Uh, playing for the Ontario Reign. Then he goes to the Los Angeles Kings, and he plays there for five seasons. Five seasons. He's played 15 games as a flyer, 247 in his career. The most points he's ever had in an NHL season was his second year in the NHL. Played 70 games. This is 1920. It was a shortened season, obviously. That was the year of the, the when the pandemic came in. But he had five goals, 19 assists, and 24 points that year. So he was, he was on about a 30-point pace had they finished that year. Close. Maybe, maybe 28, 29 points. With the Flyers this year already in 16 games, 15 games, he's got two goals, four assists, and six points. He's been excellent for this Flyers team. And he's been a really good find. I know, you know, the kind of prevailing thought is, oh, you grab a guy like Sean Walker and you trade him at the deadline. Maybe they do. Maybe you do trade Sean Walker at the deadline. But he fills the need. And with the the situation with Rasmus Ristolainen kind of unknown at this point. I mean, he's like, I feel like Risto is like the most forgotten guy this side of the Mississippi from an athlete standpoint right now. Walker's in the final, or, or excuse me, second to last year of his deal. He signed a four-year deal. So he's under contract this year uh, with an AAV of $2.65 million. Same thing next year in 23-24. No, that's, it is 23-24, isn't it? This is the final year of his deal. So he would be some an asset you could move at the deadline. Only 2.6 on the cap, right side help. But if you moved him at the deadline, he'd be a guy I'd maybe think about trying to get back in the offseason. He just seems to work in this system very well. And I'm really impressed with his ability to transition from defense to offense. I didn't know much about Sean Walker. I'll be honest. I didn't watch a ton ton of Kings games, and when I did, I probably wasn't focusing on him. You know, they got another guy on the right side in the Kings organization that you tend to focus on. That would be Drew Doughty, who played 27 minutes a night. Still there. 
and some of those guys up front like Andre Kopitar and others. But Sean Walker's been a hell of a find for the Philadelphia Flyers. Like that. It's been really good for this team. Belpedio, another good game as well. So Flyers back end maybe hasn't been the issue that we thought it would be. Double up the Kings, 4-2. to Coming up on Wednesday, they're going to take on the Carolina Hurricanes. Look to avenge that 3-2 loss. All right, let's wrap things up there. Um, coming up tomorrow, uh, Monday, it'll be a Mondays with Meltzer. Um, I think we're going to go with an Ask Billy episode. Take a bunch of questions. Because this, this season has kind of been like this up and down kind of thing. You know, I see it on social media with the ebbs and flows. I mean, still the debate's going on on social media about how's it a rebuild when you didn't trade Scott Lawton. I mean, not every rebuild is scorched earth. you got to take everything out of the house, sell the copper. You know, that's, that's not how every rebuild has to be. It's not a strip it down every time and tank and lose. You don't measure a rebuild by a team that loses. Look at the Kings. They were trying to win. This notion that John Tortorella is not the right coach, too. We're going to get into that coming up in tomorrow's episode with Bill. Because this notion that he's not the right coach for rebuild because he wants to win too bad is, to me, quite possibly the single number one dumbest argument I think I've ever heard in hockey. There is not a coach you would hire on planet Earth that's going to take the job to lose. Now, look, we saw Brett Brown did it with the Sixers and knew what knew what he was getting into, sacrificed his coaching legacy for some to coach some awful teams through the process, which was again the stupidest idea in the world. What did that yield you? Yeah, you got Embiid. You've never gotten past the second round of the playoffs. Who cares? But this notion that Torch isn't the right guy. To me, he's the right guy for two reasons. Number one, he sets a standard of professionalism and accountability. If you don't have that, you accept losing, you are a loser. And you can't wash that stink off with a bar of soap. The other reason is, and this this has been throughout his entire career as a head coach, he's developed young players everywhere he's been. Everywhere he's been. All the way back to Tampa. Just look through his career. As far back as Vinny LeCavier, who was a great player, going to be a great player no matter what, but Martin St. Louis, a Hall of Famer, wasn't even drafted. All the way to Zach Wierenski. Look at the development of Owen Tippett. I know Noah Cates isn't off to a great start, but look at Travis Sanheim. Kind of a player that was what he was. Wasn't great last year. Comes in this year, and boy, he's been a revelation. So it's Travis Konechny's another one. I mean, geez, how do I forget TK? He benched him in that game on October 23rd against the San Jose Sharks last year. Him and Kevin Hayes. TK had a career year after that. TK's off to another great start, leading the team in goals with nine. They don't want to give him credit for those things. They just want to see a coach to come in and accepts losing. I'll never accept losing. I don't give a damn that if it's for the greater good. I don't accept losing. And I don't understand fans that do. Just don't get it. All right, we'll be back tomorrow with Bill Meltzer on a brand new edition of Flyers Daily.